0: Rare was one of the most prolific game developers of the 90s. Starting in 1994 with Donkey Kong Country, their partnership with Nintendo produced such legendary games as Diddy Kong Racing, GoldenEye 007, Banjo Kazooie, Perfect Dark, Conker's Bad Fur Day, and many more. For their last game on the Nintendo 64, they wanted to go out on a high note. It would have been easily the most ambitious title Rare had ever developed at that point, and one of the most complex games on the N64. That game was called Dinosaur Planet. Out of all the cancelled games out there, this one has always captivated me the most. For years, I've been obsessed with getting any scrap of information I can about Dinosaur Planet. Sadly, the public never got to fully experience the game or see what it truly had to offer. Instead, the title was moved to the GameCube and became Star Fox Adventures in 2002. But how did this happen? And what made Dinosaur Planet so special compared to various other titles? That's what we're going to learn today. This is the troubled history of Dinosaur Planet. Our story begins in 1997. After the successful release of Datacon Racing for the N64, the game's development team split in two. The first team, which included designers Graham Norgate and Martin Wakely and programmer Paul Mountain, went to work on Jet Force Gemini, while the second team, led by Lee Shunman and Kevin Bayless, along with composer David Wise of Donkey Kong Country fame, went to work on a different title. They considered many ideas, including a racing game similar to DiddyCon Racing, but ultimately decided on an action-adventure game. This is the game that would become Dinosaur Planet. Speaking of Diddy, Kevin Bayless said in an interview that the game was originally going to start Timber, like how Banjo and Conker starred in their own games, but they ended up replacing him with a wolf named Saber, and on with the second protagonist named Crystal. The team eventually created a storyline for the game, which went like this. The story actually begins on Animus, a planet inhabited by anthropomorphic animals. It focuses on a wizard named Randorn and his two sons. One day, Randorn's older son was killed in a battle with a warring tribe called the Vixens. Randorn was so grief-stricken that he abandoned his other son, Saber, and ran off into the wilderness. While there, he came across the Vixen tribe, and was filled with so much rage over the death of his son, that... I killed them. I killed them all. They're dead. Every single one of them. And not just the men. But the women. And the children, too. They're like animals. And I slaughtered them like animals. Uh, yeah, that. Afterwards, he discovered that one vixen survived a little girl named Crystal. Since Crystal had nowhere else to go, and because he felt so guilty for what he had done, Randor decided to take Crystal in and raise her as his own. Years later, Randor discovered a portal to another world called Dinosaur Planet. Once there, he found that the planet was in grave danger. The evil General Scales, ruler of the Sharpclaw tribe, had stolen the six spellstones, causing the planet's magic to be drained. They must return the spellstones to two Force Point temples to restore balance. They also have to retrieve the Spirits of the Krizoa, an ancient race from before the Dinosaurs. If they fail, Dinosaur Planet, Animus, and the other planets in a group known as the Majestic Gate will all be destroyed. Randorin sent a message to Crystal telling her all of this and instructed her to find Saber and bring him to Dinosaur Planet. Once she did, she and Saber went through the portal and now they must work together to find the Spellstones and Krizoa Spirits, defeat General Scales, and save Dinosaur Planet. When they got to Dinosaur Planet, however, they would have been split up, and the player would have been able to switch between the two throughout the game using characters called the Swapstones. They also would each have a Dinosaur Sidekick. Saber would have an Earthwalker, Triceratops, named Tricky, and Crystal would have a Cloudrunner, Pterodactyl, named Kite. Later on in the story, it would have been revealed that Scales was actually working for Drakor, the last of a dragon race called the Chimerians. The Chimerians had been defeated in a war with the Krazoa, so as revenge, Drakor had the Spellstones and Grizzled Spirit stolen so that Dinosaur Planet could be destroyed. It would have become Saber and Crystal's goal to defeat Dracor, who would have been the game's final boss. Yeah, I know, pretty complex story for an N64 game. And believe it or not, what I just told you was the short version. Anyways, the story wasn't the only ambitious element of Dinosaur Planet. The game would have really pushed the N64 hardware to its limits, with features like advanced graphics, a huge open world, and fully voice-acted cutscenes, a rarity for N64 games. All of this was accomplished through the game's 512 megabyte cartridge, which was much longer than a standard N64 card. In fact, the only other N64 games to use a cartridge of this size were Conqueror's Bad Fur Day and Resident Evil 2. <laughs> That's pretty high tech. Throughout development, the team took heavy inspiration from the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, even borrowing some gameplay elements from it, such as its lock-on combat system. This also led many people to speculate that Dinosaur Planet used the same engine as Ocarina of Time, but it's actually more likely that it used the DiddyCon Racing engine, since the m 64 logo found in the game's files is identical to the model used in Diddy. I guess this makes sense since most of the Dinosaur Planet dev team also worked on DiddyCon Racing. Dinosaur Planet was first announced at E3 2000, where a playable demo was also available. Rare said that they hoped to release the game sometime in early 2001. However, this release date made Nintendo concerned, By the time Dinosaur Planet would have been released, the Dreamcast and Playstation 2 were already out, and the GameCube and Xbox weren't too far away. Nintendo were worried that an N64 game wouldn't be able to compete with these more advanced consoles. The obvious solution to this problem would be to move the game to the GameCube, which they did. Sort of. Eventually, it was decided to turn Dinosaur Planet into a Star Fox game. But you may be asking yourself... Why? And I'll tell you. In an interview at E3, Shigeru Miyamoto talked about Dinosaur Planet and mentioned how Sabre bore a striking resemblance to Fox McCloud. He then half-jokingly remarked that Rare should turn Dinosaur Planet into a Star Fox game, and soon afterwards, Nintendo convinced him to do so. This has led many to blame Miyamoto for the game's cancellation, but personally, I think there may be a little more to the story. See, around the time all of this was going on, Rare was in the process of being bought by Microsoft. After the deal was complete, Microsoft would own any IP from Rare that wasn't already owned by Nintendo, which would have included Dinosaur Planet. It's been speculated that in a last-ditch effort to prevent Microsoft from owning the rights to the characters, Nintendo decided to add an existing IP into Dinosaur Planet. Going by the comment Miyamoto had made, they decided to have Rare turn it into a Star Fox game. Again, this is just pure speculation, but I wouldn't be surprised if it were true. Regardless, in 2001, Nintendo and Rare announced that Dinosaur Planet would be converted into a GameCube game called Star Fox Adventures Dinosaur Planet, though they would later drop the subtitle and simply call it Star Fox Adventures. While the team was disappointed in this decision, they were still optimistic that the game would still turn out good. To quote the lead software engineer Phil Tossel, We were slightly disappointed at having to change Dinosaur Planet as we had all become so attached to it, but we could also see the potential of using the Star Fox license. It should also be noted that Nintendo were very cooperative throughout this process, even lending Miyamoto to help the team with certain aspects of the game. Obviously, there were many changes that had to be made during the transition, mostly in the story. The game is set 8 years after Star Fox 64. Falco has left the team, and Star Fox is out of a job. Suddenly, they get a distress signal from a new planet called Dinosaur Planet. Upon arriving there, Fox turns a General Scale's plot to destroy the planet, and now Fox, along with Tricky, has to stop him. Unfortunately, this transition meant that they had to cut a lot of content from Dinosaur Planet. Saber was replaced by Fox McCloud. Rendorn was dropped entirely, Kite's was nearly non-existent except for a small appearance at the beginning of the game, many areas like Discovery Falls and Warlock Mountain were cut, and Dracord was demoted from the final boss to just a regular boss. Also, Crystal's role was significantly reduced, only being playable at the beginning of the game rather than the player being able to switch to her throughout. Instead, she would end up being captured, and I was up to Fox to save her. In short, they took a character that could have been very complex and had an interesting backstory, and turned her into just another damsel in distress. Yay. Also, since you could no longer switch between characters, one of the Swap Stones was taken out, and the remaining one was renamed the Warp Stone, warped due to certain areas. They also added some features from the Star Fox series, including Arwing flying sections and having Andross be the final boss. However, there are some audio files found within the Star Fox Adventures disc, which suggests that at some point, the game's story would have been closer to that of Dinosaur Planet. These include Crystal having a larger role, Randorn being part of the story, Jokor being kept as the final boss, and the player being able to fight General Scales, something he can't do in the final game. When Andros took his father, I blamed myself. If only I could have gone with the Star Fox team. I always suspected Pigma was a traitor. My guess is that these were cut either due to the new Microsoft bio, or so that the story could better tie into the Star Fox franchise. The cutbacks weren't the game's only problems, though. Originally, Nintendo wanted Star Fox Adventures to be a launch title for the GameCube in late 2001, meaning that the team would only have less than a year to finish development. But thankfully, Nintendo delayed the release by a year to give the team more time. Star Fox Adventures was released on September 23rd, 2002 in North America, September 27th in Japan, November 15th in Australia, and on November 22nd in Europe. The game was the last title very developed with the Nintendo since they were bought by Microsoft just one day after its North American release. Upon its release, it actually became relatively successful, signing over a million copies. Critics gave it somewhat positive reviews for its beautiful graphics and gameplay style. However, many Star Fox fans have criticized the game for being too much of a departure from previous titles. Probably because it wasn't originally a Star Fox game. Some monuments from Star Fox Adventures made their way into future titles. At the end of the game, Crystal joined the Star Fox team and would be a prominent character in the next two games, Star Fox Assault for the GameCube and Star Fox Command for the DS. Dinosaur Planet would even be a playable devil in Assault where it was renamed Soria. However, Assault and Command both received mediocre reviews and disappointing sales. Star Fox would then go on an on hiatus before being rebooted in 2016 with the Star Fox Zero for the Wii U. Which even that didn't turn out very well. Since Command, Crystal has been relatively absent from games although she was later added as an Assist Trophy in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. In the years after Star Fox Adventures release, fans would learn more and more about Dinosaur Planet and what the game would have been like. Slowly but surely, more content from the game, like the soundtrack, a plot summary, concept art, and even an hour of gameplay footage, were leaked on the internet. For years, people hoped for a playable version of the game, only to wonder what could have been. That is, until February 20th, 2021. That was the day that the group Forest of Illusion leaked a fully playable build of Dinosaur Planet, which came from a collector's private copy. The build, from December 2000, is pretty similar to the footage of the game we had discovered so far, with one big difference. Fox McCloud is actually in the game instead of Saber. This indicates that Dinosaur Planet's transition into a Star Fox game started well before development moved to the Gamecube. In addition, Fox's character model isn't as expressive as Saber's during cutscenes, and some characters even still refer to him as Saber, which makes me think that this build was made right after they made the decision to turn it into a Star Fox game. As of now, the ROM is playable on emulators, but it's sadly really glitchy. However, it works much better on flashcards like Everdrive 64. But even with that, there are still some parts of the game that are not accessible without cheat codes. On the bright side though, there have been patches to fix these issues, as well as adding the game credits and Saber. While it's not the same as getting a full, official release of the game, it's nice to know that this story has some form of closure. Now that we've come to the end of Dinosaur Planet's story, you may be wondering what I think of all of this. Personally, as much as I love Star Fox Adventures and find it very underrated, I think the game would have been better off as Dinosaur Planet. Not only did they end up removing more things from the game that they added, but Star Fox doesn't really fit with the themes of Dinosaur Planet. I mean, Dinosaur Planet is an action-adventure game set in a fantasy world, with gameplay similar to the 3D Zelda games. Compared to, say, Star Fox 64, the differences are practically night and day. On top of that, I really think Dinosaur Planet had a lot of potential and would have been a standout title in the N64 library, with its complex story and the way it pushes the boundaries of what a game on the console can do. It also had a lot of character development and interesting lore, most of which is just missing in Star Fox Adventures. While I doubt the game would have been a commercial success upon its release, I'm willing to bet that it would have at least gotten a call following like Conker's Bad Fur Day. To this day, whenever I hear music or see gameplay footage of Dinosaur Planet, it actually makes me feel a little nostalgic. Isn't that weird? I mean, how can I feel nostalgic for a game that never even came out? With that being said, do I think the game has a chance of getting an official release? Well, it's hard to say, but if Nintendo did ever decide to release the game, this is how I think they should do it. If Nintendo ever makes an N64 Classic Edition, I think they should include Dinosaur Planet like how they included Star Fox 2 in the Super Nintendo Classic. Or hell, now that there are N64 games available through Nintendo Switch Online, maybe they could include it on there? The build that was recently leaked confirms that the game was at least semi-playable at some point in development. In fact, some sources claim that the game was 90% complete before development moved to the GameCube. I don't know a ton about game development, but... I have a feeling that if more work is done, Dinosaur Planet has a chance of being fully complete at some point. Of course that's no guarantee but I'd say the chances of it happening are higher than zero. But regardless of whether or not it gets an official release, Dinosaur Planet will always be one of the most fascinating cancelled games of all time. For this video, I'd like to thank the people at Forest of Illusion for nicking the Dinosaur Planet ROM and sharing it with the world, and to the website Rarethief for uploading the story outline, concept art, and the hour of gameplay footage from E3. I'd also like to thank Ray's Music for uploading the Dinosaur Planet soundtrack which was used throughout most of the video. In addition, I'd like to give a shout out to the Dinosaur Planet Discord community for their hard work in preserving and fixing the game. If you want any updates on Dinosaur Planet, I highly recommend checking them out. Links to all those will be in the description below. And finally, I would obviously like to thank the staff at Rare who worked on this game and Star Fox Adventures. Your work means a lot to me. With that, thanks for watching and be sure to like, comment, and or subscribe if you enjoyed the video. Have a wonderful day.